0: I invite you to plant your feet on the earth, slow down, tune in, and get ready to create a life of meaning and magic. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wellpreneur podcast. This week, I've got an episode for you that is a really deep, juicy, thought-provoking conversation about branding. Now, branding, you're like, oh, isn't that just a logo and your color scheme? Well, that's kind of what I thought, too. But actually, it is so much more than that. And this conversation with brand consultant Jay Nicole Smith really got deep and thoughtful. And I think it's the path forward to having us feel much more aligned with our businesses and not just be creating a static business, but creating something that is really helping you do the work you're meant to do in the world. Nicole is a good friend who I know personally, we were just having coffee and that's when the topic came up about branding and we decided to do a special episode to bring this conversation to the podcast. So Nicole and I are going to be talking about what is a brand and it's so much more than your photos and your logo. In fact, that doesn't even come in until much later. We're talking about really getting aligned with the transformation that you want to make in the world and who you want to help how you want to spend your ideal day, and how to use these things to create a brand and then a business that's going to really make the impact that you want in the world, but also feel really aligned and truthful and good for you. I know so many people who have unfortunately created businesses that don't really feel right. I've struggled with this myself as well. So you end up offering a product or a service that you don't really like to deliver. And this is no way, especially as a solopreneur, as a wellpreneur, if you're designing your own business, why are you creating a business that you're not absolutely wild about? It just does not make sense. So we're going to talk about that all today with Nicole, as well as getting into vulnerability and emotion and using some of our own personal experiences to really create a brand that's aligned with us. So Nicole has generously offered a selection of items that are going to help you get started with your own branding journey. And if you'd like to download those items, you can get them at jnicolesmith.com slash Now, Nicole's name has an H in it. So that's J-N-I-C-H-O-L-E smith.com slash wellpreneur. And of course, I'll link that up in the show notes as usual so that you can just click on it and get right there to get the goodies. Now, as always, all the links are in our show notes. And if you want to talk more about this idea of deep branding, then let's jump into our Facebook community. It's just the Wellpreneur community group on Facebook and continue the conversation over there. Okay, thanks so much for joining us this week. Let's jump into this interview on branding with Jay Nicole Smith. Hello, Nicole. Welcome to the Wellpreneur podcast. Thank you.
1: So excited to be here.
0: (laughs) So Nicole and I were literally just having coffee together because Nicole and I know each other very well. And we've over the past few months, actually, we've been having this conversation about brand building and this evolution, especially around, we've been talking about it around me and like my personal evolution and around you too and your personal evolution. And we just thought, you know what, this is a conversation that really deserves to be heard. And I think it's something that the Wellpreneurs are going to be super interested in. So Nicole, I'm so glad that you had time today to come on and we can really talk about brand building because it's something probably people haven't thought much about.
1: Yeah, I'm stoked because obviously I can talk about this all day and all night. But also the way I think about branding is quite different than how some people are taught about it. So mm-hmm. I like being able to make it easier than you might think it is.
0: So tell us for people that aren't familiar with you, because you've been on the Wellpreneur podcast before, and we'll link up to that in the show notes. But tell people like who you
1: are and what you do. Sure. Awesome. So I am a brand consultant, among other things, graphic designer, photographer, and a whole long list of other stuff, right? Because we can't just do one thing. (laughs) But I help entrepreneurs find freedom and fulfillment by building brands that matter instead of just businesses. So trying to avoid the whole like burnout and all the cliches that self-employment can sometimes bring to help them actually be able to have it all, you know, not just, being able to make that awesome change that we want to make in the world, but not having to sacrifice freedom, financial freedom, and feeling like we can be happy as well that all these things can happen at the same time. So I believe that that happens by building a brand instead of just a business.
0: Yeah, this is what I totally want to get into and talk about, because I think you are like this creative genius and all the businesses <laughs> and brands you've created, they're just like, you just want to, it's like, I want to squeeze them. I want to interact with them. You <laughs> know? They're so, they're beautiful, they're juicy, they feel real, they feel alive. And that's something that I think a lot of entrepreneurs are missing. And i it's that distinction We always think about building businesses, not a brand, right? And I fall into this trap too.
1: So let's start from the beginning. What is a brand in your mind? (laughs) I think that's a very good place to start. And thank you for your compliments. Mm. That's my goal is to make what I would, you know, sometimes call like crave worthy brands, brands that you just, oh, you just can't get enough of, right? So basically, what I believe a brand is, is the combination of human plus business, it's pretty much that simple. It's a business that is just steeped and soaking with humanity. And if you're a solopreneur, if you're a, you know, a small team or you started your business, then it's your humanity. It's you, really. It's that simple. Are you saying that like when we're starting out,
0: maybe I'm taking a leap here, but like when you're starting out Go for like, it. we <laughs> should we should all be thinking about what our brand is, not just like, what's the thing we're going to sell? What's the problem we're going to
1: solve? How are we going to create a business around this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So sure. I love to talk about this. So I think, you know, when we start out and we think about, I want to be self-employed, we think about our employment, right? I want to start a business. We think about our business and we go through the like practical list of things we're supposed to do in order to create employment for ourselves, or to create a business, to create a product or a service and and sell it, right? That seems pretty obvious. But what most people don't do is they don't think about where they wanna end up. And the thing that I care most about for the humans that I work with is how you want to spend your time. Because what can actually happen, and this happened to me and it's happened to a lot of people, I bet there's people listening who are like, yep, preach, because it's happened to them is you can have a fantastic idea or a product or thing you're like desperate to bring to life or that, you know, like will totally fuel your ego or something super beautiful or is in a way that you can like really serve. But you don't actually think about the implications of that in real life on your time and how you spend your time. And that is a recipe for disaster because you could build like a super successful business that you hate. Or that you resent or you get like, you tick all the boxes and then realize, actually, I don't want to do this, which is what has happened to me more than once. (laughs) And I'm pretty much an expert now on not doing that, doing the opposite. So it's looking at what is your purpose as a human being, as you, this unique, amazing person with unique and special gifts and assets and resources and all that kind of stuff. And how do you want to spend your time? And then using that. To create the purpose for your business, which kind of turns it into a brand. Now, the purpose of a business is to make money, period. Like that's the only reason a business exists. So it's the kind of the combination of your unique passion and gifts and stuff you love talking about and the impact you want to make in the world, plus making money. That's Mm -hmm. a brand. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, man, I bet a lot of people out there can relate to that. I know I can personally. Just like as an example, when I first started out with my natural beauty blog, everyone was wanting me to give workshops. So I was like, great, I'm going to run all these natural beauty workshops. It was a nightmare. And I'm sorry to anyone (laughs) that runs these kind of (laughs) workshops because they were fun to do them. But oh my gosh, you have to like haul all this stuff, all these ingredients, all these like messy spilly oils and like all this stuff (laughs) and a hot plate and all the stuff to the workshop and then clean up afterwards. I was like, this is not worth my time doing, which is funny because that's what people were asking for. And could you make a business around that? Yeah, but I couldn't
1: or I didn't want. Yeah. And some people might love that, right? They might live for that. And that's the best thing that could ever happen to them. And you're like, nope, this is not a good fit for me. (laughs) Totally.
0: So I love this idea that I think this especially works as a solopreneur. Like, how do you want to be spending your time? And I guess that ties in, we've talked about this, like doing that ideal day exercise. Like, what would your mm-hmm. you, you know, if you feel out five years into the future, three years in the future, what's your ideal day? What are you spending your time doing? Okay, so imagine we do that. Okay. And then, so we kind of have an idea of what do we want to be doing? Do we want to be working with clients? Do we want to be teaching? Do we want to be in an office? Do we want to be speaking in front of groups? Do we want to be writing? You know, how do we want to spend our time?
1: how do you then turn that? Where do you go from there? Like, so then <laughs>
0: how do you make money? You know, how, or how do you turn it into a brand?
1: Sure. Well, there's a couple of steps in between. I think the first one is you want to figure out what you want to do, like you described how you want to spend your time. You also most critically want to figure out who do you want to serve? And what is the change that you want to see in the world? Because all of the best brands, brands that matter are actually out there trying to make a difference. And you hear this described in tons of ways, like cause printer or brand purpose. And like, it's huge in marketing right now for all these huge corporations to try and slap a purpose on what they do so they can sell more stuff, right? <laughs> but when you're a human being, and I know for your listeners, especially they're super passionate about helping people and saving the world. And what you want to get clear about is the exact way that you want to save the world, the exact change that you want to see, because that's a huge part of that human purpose that needs to become your brand purpose, because that's part of what you're going to communicate. And that's part of how you're going to attract your clients is by people who believe what you believe. People who want to see the same change that you want to see. So those are actually the first two steps is getting super clear on how you want to spend your time for yourself, which is how you'll get to that freedom of fulfillment, right? And then also how do you want to change the world because that's how you can serve and you know that's a huge part of being happy and once you've got all the money and all the things that's going to be the the box that you're going to be you know most concerned with ticking because it's the only thing left right that you can actually do once you feel like you've ticked all the other boxes and the second thing is really getting clear on what does that mean about who you want to serve who do you want to help and who do you want to spend your time with who do you think you're going to attract who believes what you believe And the next step, the next sort of practical step is to start building an audience. So I want to stop you. I want to stop you. before we jump into that. So
0: this stuff, this thing about talking about who you want to serve and what's the transformation, what's the change you want to make in the world? Well, first of all, little bits of that are really resonating with me. I'm like, oh, Simon Sinek, start with why? Like there's definitely that component in there, right? Mm -hmm. Your why. But the thing that also came up for me is like thinking about your legacy, like, Mm -hmm. Really, like when you were saying, you know, okay, so you have imagine you have all the money and the success and you've made it. What else is there? And I think that could be like a fun thought experiment. Like, what
1: is the legacy that you want to leave? What is that transformation? And who are you serving? I love that. That's a great way to think about it. And it's something that a lot of humans don't think about until later in life, right? When you start kind of facing your mortality and stuff, Mm -hmm. or you have children and you're like, what's the world I want to leave for them? Mm -hmm. I think that's a great point. And slightly more superficially than that, there's also like, what do I want to be famous for? What do I want to be known for? What do I want to be the go-to person for? What would be the most amazing, awesome thing that I could possibly be the person for? Mm
0: Because I think, you know, and you know that I have have dealt with this quite a bit and still this still something that I struggle with. And I've heard this numerous times in my audience is we often feel like, well, I'm going to do this thing to make money. I'm going to do this thing now because it makes sense and I'm going to make money. But actually, the change I really want to make in the world, the people I really want to help, the thing I really want to do is this other thing over here. Mm -hmm. And I see that all the time you know, and it's something that I've dealt with. So I like this idea of let's deal with that up front and say like, what is that legacy? What is that transformation you really want to make up front? And then design your business around it. That makes so much more
1: sense than delaying (laughs) gratification. It totally does. And this is, you know, this whole act of brand building is rebellious. It's not easy. It doesn't make sense to most people. It seems the opposite of what you should actually do, which is what I described at the beginning, right? Build a business, create employment for yourself. So there is this, it's very uncomfortable for most people, brand building, because you kind of have to like, at every step, you kind of have to go against, like, maybe what you think is the most obvious or what you think is the first step, because if it was obvious to everyone, everyone would do it. So I think it's probably important to kind of quickly go over why you you would actually want to do this, because if it's so uncomfortable, and it's so hard, and most people don't do it, so it can kind of feel you know, like you're the only one. And what happens a lot is the people in your life who are like cynical or critical or don't believe in magic or like are really scared about your financial well-being, they're going to start asking you difficult questions like, are you sure this is a good idea? Or that sounds a little bit crazy? Or how are you going to make money? So it's important to know why you're doing this in the first place. And there are some decided advantages that a brand has that a business doesn't have. The one, the sort of secret one that I don't really talk about until I have people like well inside my grasp (laughs) is the fact that it makes marketing more fun. And for people who hate marketing, you know, this is why I actually started doing this work is like, how can I make marketing easier and more fun for people? Because it's so essential to actually succeeding, right? To building a quote unquote successful business is getting good at marketing. And the reality is, when your marketing is just about starting conversations with people about the stuff you're most passionate about, and those people are people you really want to serve, marketing is easy. It's just talking. And so that's a piece of it. But the, the really tangible pieces are what I call the brand advantage cycle, which is a three-part process that kind of goes in loops. And the first part of that is basically buzz brands get more buzz they get more word of mouth they get more press coverage they get more people talking about them with which really helps out with momentum in the early days so people you see who are like overnight success stories many of them have built brands that have gotten that free marketing and that buzz early on which has helped catapult them into the next stage which is profit And this is so critical because so many businesses never get profitable, right? They never earn enough. They never keep enough of what they earn. And when you have demand because of all this free word of mouth and buzz you've gotten, you have choices, you have cash flow, you can have leverage. You know, your concerns are about like how to manage your growth and how to build infrastructure instead of like, how do I get my next client, which is a great predicament to be in. And then that kind of leads to the third part of this cycle, which is influence. And this is how you actually make that change in the world that I was talking about. Once you've got that buzz, you've got that profit, you build up influence and leverage. And all of a sudden, people listen to you because you've built a successful brand and you've built a big community. So you have lots of people to help with that mission. And it helps you have a really sustainable competitive advantage because you've got great foundations and people listen to you. So what's really funny about this is if you want to change the world, the best thing you can do is build a profitable brand instead of just like doing nothing or volunteering or giving up your time because you have no influence if you're just a volunteer, right? If you own the company, you've got a ton of influence and you can make that difference. Awesome. So I think we've
0: kind of, kind of derailed the conversation with my questions, actually, because we were talking, we were talking about how to go from, so you're spending, how do you want to spend your time, right? Who do you want to serve? What's the transformation? What's the change you want to make in the world? And then I cut you off and you were talking about building an audience. So for people out there that are like, yeah, I want this. They're bought into the idea of creating a brand and they know the answers to those questions. Like, where do they go next? How do we start? How do we start turning it from an idea into an actual thing?
1: So the first thing, find your why, figure it out and create enough sort of words around it that you can tell people what it is that you're talking about and what you're passionate about. The second bit we are talking about is figuring out who you want to serve, getting really clear on who your person is, right? So that kind of like ideal client or that avatar, that target market, whatever. But I really think about it as who do you want to serve? Because I think that keeps it in line of, of who these people should be. The next piece of that that I was starting to say is build an audience. And this is, again, counterintuitive because all of this stuff comes before figuring out what you're actually going to sell. Now, I should say, I am a true believer that anything that matters can be monetized. So you don't need to worry about that yet. And that's another piece that's really uncomfortable is, what am I going to sell? How am I going to monetize? And people are going to be asking you that. So it's going to be extra pressure. But before you make that decision, you are going to start building an audience. And I suggest that you do that in one place. And you want to do it in a place where you can actively build relationships with people. So typically, that will be somewhere like a Facebook group, or an Instagram page, potentially on YouTube, potentially a podcast, somewhere where you are, you know, either spending enough time with people or engaging and interacting with them enough that they learn to trust you. And you can listen to what their needs and concerns and passions are. And that is the reason for doing this is to, one, do a bit of market research, right? Figure out what they need, figure out what they want and they're willing to pay for. And two, you're ideally going to want to try and get their email address so that you have some way to communicate with them on your terms a little bit later on. But really the point of this is to build those relationships because they will tell you what they want to buy from you. You don't need to decide that. They'll tell you. (laughs) And that's a really good way to make sure that whatever it is that you sell is something you actually sell a lot of. And of course, you've got this group who's ready to buy it from you because they're engaged. They trust you. You know, they've told you what they want. And when you give it to them, they're going to pay for it. They want it.
0: I think when a lot of us hear that, I know like when I first heard the term brand and you were talking about, you know, how passionate you were about branding. The first thing I think of is, oh, like logo and color scheme. And I need a new photo shoot, Mm -hmm. right? So (laughs) where did, but it sounds like this approach, you don't necessarily need those even to start building your audience and everything around your brand. Like where do those pieces fit in? I guess you do need them eventually, obviously, but how do you see those playing together?
1: Yeah, I'm so, so glad you asked that because I think that's a huge misconception of what a brand is. So the first thing is to get some momentum, right? So I am a brand consultant. I'm a graphic designer. I'm a photographer. I'm very passionate about the visuals of a brand. But I don't believe that those things matter until you know who you're talking to and what you sell. So it's those things will come into play after the the process that I've just described. So at the point where you kind of know what you're going to sell, the next stage is to really look at, okay, I'm going to get clear on what the product is. And I'm going to get clear on sort of what my strategy is going to be to you know, bring it to market. So typically, this will include like a website, right? Let's start with that because it's pretty straightforward. That's the point when you start actually making something that you need to get clear on what your quote unquote brand identity is. Now, if you're not making any money yet, I don't recommend you go all in on your brand identity and spending on that because the chance that you're going to change or refresh or refine in the next year or so are quite high. So this is what you know, people often talk about as sort of a minimum viable product. I think that's the smart way to go. And that can be accomplished with three very important brand elements that you can either DIY or you can get someone fairly inexpensively to help you with. And that is, most importantly, imagery. I put photography number one, and here's why. Because the only reason these elements matter is to connect emotionally with people to make connections based on your purpose and your why and these things that you're passionate about. You want them to feel the way you want them to feel and prepare them for the experience that they're gonna have with you. And photography is the sort of in the mainline way that it can be the least expensive and the easiest to utilize in places like Instagram and your website where you can really suck people in. Number two is color because it has the same sort of impact. And number three is fonts because you want to be legible fonts give you, you know, having sort of a curated looking kind of selection of fonts in your business makes you look a little bit more credible and it's a way to have consistency everywhere. And the other reason I think fonts are important is because if you don't know what the name of your brand is yet, or you don't have a logo, just typing something up in a nice font with like your name. (laughs) is plenty of a logo to get started. I don't actually think a logo is important until you're starting to really, really build your brand.
0: You kind of touched on a point that comes up all the time in the wellpreneur community, which is like, should my business have a name or should my business be me? So what do you, how do you help people think through that? Deciding which way to go?
1: Yeah, great question. That comes down to what kind of brand you want to build. And if your business is your name, it's a personal brand. And what I find is a lot of people at some point do end up building a personal brand as sort of what I call an umbrella brand for multiple sub brands or different products they want to sell. And here's why, like building a brand instead of a business means you're not tied to just one thing or one product or one service. So when you build a brand based on a why, let's say the why is the love of nature, like I'm just pulling this out of a hat if you're building your whole platform on being loving and being connected to nature, then you could sell retreats, you could sell physical products, you could sell online courses, you could sell books, you could sell just about anything as long as it helped people, you know, continue to enjoy and get better at being connected with nature. Whereas a business is usually like, We are a publishing company. We make books, right? Like I am a yoga instructor. I teach yoga. And it's hard to get outside of those parameters without building another business because you've built a whole audience around a product instead of a feeling or a purpose. And so when you're thinking about whether you want to name your business, your name, or whether you want to name it something else, then you really want to think about What type of brand you want to build and whether you want that to be connected to who you are as a person, maybe you want to be an author, maybe you want to be a speaker and people will be looking up your name when they see you speak or when they see your book versus maybe you want to build more of an empire around a particular feeling or a particular topic. And you will potentially you know, create a brand around that that might potentially include other people who are not you or might include other products which maybe have less to do with you as a person. It's really a personal choice. And to be honest, just pick one because you can always add the other one later. (laughs) I think this is a place where people get really stuck. The same with like needing to know the name of the business. Like I launch things all the time without knowing what they're gonna be called because nobody's paying attention And when they are paying attention, you can do a rebrand or you can change the name. What's most important is you start building that audience and listening to them because they'll help you figure out the right name. If you can come up with a name that comes directly from one of their mouths, that's the best because you know, it's going to resonate with people like them. Mm -hmm. Thank you.
0: I'm just thinking back to the beginning of this process for people that are like, really like, yes, this totally makes sense for me. So I think that, you know, how do you spend your time? That's that that seems like an easy one that we can all play with. Do you have any suggestions for how you really get into like, who is it you want to serve? And what's your why? I know you talk about the why a lot. And that that feels like you can't just sit down and invent your why. I don't know, it just feels like a really
1: big like, what if I pick the wrong why?
0: You know? So so how do you how do you work with that?
1: Yeah, so I I teach this and I have courses around this actually, because I've identified it as one of those points that is like the most difficult, right? It's something that's often hard to do by yourself in a vacuum. It's also something that doesn't happen quickly, which is also why I say, if you've already got a business and you're kind of rolling with it, don't put the brakes on and stop everything to figure out your why and then get started. It doesn't work like that. You're going to have that uncomfortable phase of doing several things at one time. And basically, when you sit down to try and figure out your why, it's a matter of trying to, I often use words like unearth or dig out because it's already there. You just have to become aware of it, what it is that you are super passionate about. And the trick to that typically is that there will be something that either happened to you or that you're super passionate about as a child that has either been pushed down or shoved away because it's not practical or was painful. And so you're running away from, but these things will have galvanized in you, the things that you super care about. The things that really inspire your why might be things that were actually quite painful. So, you know, if you were bullied as a kid, you might be super passionate about standing up for people um, and accepting difference. If you were super creative and artistic as a kid and your parents told you that you were going to be a starving artist and you just need to be practical and you did that to you know degree in law or accounting to go as far in the opposite direction as you could it might be about uncovering your creative artistic side and really running with that it's different for everybody but the stuff that you will find that's connected to your why and to your like big purpose will be big deep stuff and it will have huge huge like what I often call emotional kernels (laughs) attached to it. It'll be the stuff that, you know, the other way that people will talk about it is like, what's the mountain you're willing to die on? What's the fight that you really care about? And like the question that you asked earlier, what do you want your legacy to be? It's those kinds of big questions that will help you find and connect to this stuff that really matters to you. And one of the ways to do it, because what happens with this process when I help people with it is the first stuff they come up with is either fairly superficial or fairly obvious or something that everybody who does the job that they do has in common. Uh-huh. So for example, I just want to help people lose weight. <laughs> right? Great. So does everybody. <laughs> like, uh-huh. but why? Well, because people are so much happier when they lose weight. Okay, but why do you care about that? Because I want people to be happy. Okay, but why? <laughs> you know, And you keep like digging, digging, digging down until you have something that's very personal and relevant to you. Maybe it's because I was really unhappy and I was really overweight and I figured out how to be both happy and slender or healthy or whatever the sort of the goal is. And I want to share that with people. I know I can help people have that. My life is so much better now. Everything is better. I want other people to experience that. And now you start to get into the real stuff and the way that you kind of build that why is digging into the pain and to the the glory of the experience of being overweight and then having, you know, achieved these goals or found optimal health or found self-love or whatever it is that you believe is at the root of the, of the why. This is not light work. I mean, it's really, you're going to excavate some stuff that might be kind of painful. It's, I would think. it's really deep work. And it's always a surprise to people when they come into my course, because they're like, along, I'm going to find my why and build a brand. It's going to be so great. And then waterworks, right? Like then the tears, when we start digging into our childhood, like, No, it's not light work. It's deep. And that's why it can't be rushed. Because A, you can only do so much at at one time. And B, it takes a while for these things to rise up. And what I experience, the sort of why finding experience that is sort of the goal that I see a lot of people finally reach, and it might be a year or two years down the road, unfortunately, but you got to keep working at it is this moment where you have this pop, Aha, uh-huh, lightning. People describe it as like a boom or a lightning bolt or a you know, light bulb moment, or eureka or whatever. Epiphany, it's a powerful moment of just getting it, of something just clicking. And you know that it's the right thing because it just pushes you into flow. So you you just get into this position where you write like 27 blog posts in the in the course of three hours or something because it's just all pouring out of you. And that's how you know you've hit something that is at the real core of what you actually care about is that process I was talking about of making marketing fun and easy. You're not having to push anymore. You're being pulled forward by something that you're so passionate about.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, that outcome, it all feels
0: right, right? It feels like, yes, that would make marketing so much easier and it would just make business more fun and not feel like work because it's so aligned with who you are. But I think it definitely feels like the unsafe, like less safe, more risky. I don't mean risky in a business sense, but I mean like vulnerability. I guess totally saying, right. It feels yeah. scary. Oh my. Gosh. Oh my gosh. What if yeah. I create this brand and it's me and it's based on my personal struggles and everyone hates it, which is hmm. not going to happen. But like that's
1: the you know fear that I think comes up with this stuff. It's absolutely terrifying. And that's why it takes people so long because you have to dip your toe into that and then put your foot in and then get up to your calf and then get up to your knee because the whole time you feel like it's all of your worst fears are going to be smacking you in the face because that's why you haven't done it up till now. That's why you're not doing this job or running this business because you're hiding from something or you're scared of something. So the whole process is about facing up to fear. I think it's really important to do this process with some sort of support, whether that's a mastermind or a program like mine or a community that says, hey, we're here for you, we get it, we know you're doing the hard work and we are not gonna be the mean skeptics in your life. We are gonna be your cheerleaders and support you. And that's kind of why I do what I do is because most of the people in your life are just gonna feed into that fear because they have their own fear connected with this process and thinking like, this is crazy, it's not gonna work, You know, who are you to do this? you're not experienced enough, like you'll never make any money. Like all of those fears are going to be vocalized by people in your life probably because we all have really similar fears. And that's what I was saying, like this is the way of the rebel. This is the way of the brave, courageous soul because if it were easier, more people would do it. (laughs) Now, just because
0: we're building a brand around something that's like really resonating with us, like that's really meaningful to us, that doesn't mean we have to like, put all of our dirty laundry all over the internet, right? Like we don't have to share all of those, all that painful stuff necessarily. Or do we? Yeah. Like, what do you think? Because I think there's a lot of, I definitely hear a lot of resistance. Well, I'd say it's split in the audience, but I definitely, there's a segment of people that are like, Ooh, I don't want to be like one of those oversharing people on the internet. And they have mm. fear around
1: that. How does that I work think out? there's a fine line between being vulnerable and oversharing. And, you know, if you read any of the stuff from Brene Brown, she's got some really nice guidelines about how to do that. And really what she describes is, why are you sharing? Are you sharing for attention or are you sharing to serve and help? And because, you know, you can help other people and, you know, when you're doing it, why you're doing it. Most people I meet are very averse to sharing anything. And then we go through a process where it's like, okay, write it all down, get it all out. You don't have to show it to anyone. And then you go through the process of editing it down and deciding what is appropriate to share, what will help people and help them not feel so alone. And what's maybe a little bit TMI or what's a way to describe this that isn't quite so like maybe quite so personal or doesn't include people's names or or whatever it might be. And there's ways to describe, you know, like I've worked with a lot of people who've experienced some sort of abuse and they want to share their story, but they don't want to either shame the people involved or they don't want to provide the gory details because they don't want people to feel sorry for them or they don't, they don't want to make it about them. Then what I'll say about that is it'll probably come in levels as well. Like maybe when you start sharing your story, if this is an example of how something that's bad that has happened to you as a trauma can turn into something good. And so it makes its way into your brand and into your origin story because it has created this passion in you to help other people. And there's a way to share that by saying, by describing the way you felt and the journey that you were on without having to share the gory details of what happened to you or the trauma, you know. But really, it's about being vulnerable enough to say, hey, I've been through this. This is my journey. This is what I've learned. Because that level of vulnerability builds trust. And the more you kind of pretend like everything's fine and I'm just doing this because it's fun and my life is perfect, (laughs) the less relatable you are and the harder it is for people to see themselves in you and be like, yeah, but I'll never be able to pull that off because I dot, 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 you have everything perfect, but I dot, dot, dot. So there's a lot of power and a lot of serving in being vulnerable. And the line between that and like airing all your dirty laundry is kind of a fine one. And sometimes you can just incorporate, you know, getting other people's opinions about Yes, this is risky. Yes, I can see why this is scary, but it doesn't seem like dirty laundry to me. This seems like a story that will help people. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Gosh, we're getting to the end of our time together, but
0: there's so much more we could talk about. I wonder if you could (laughs) kind of just give, you know, for people that want to get
1: started with this, what would your advice be? What should they do this week to get going on their brand? Ooh, great question. So as I described before, this finding your why and building your brand stuff probably is going to happen at the same time you're building a business. So the first thing I want to say is don't stop the presses in order to figure this out because it is a process. And it might be a process you do multiple times over the course of your business and brand evolution. So don't like clear all the decks to work on this, (laughs) which is kind of tempting because it's a great delay tactic, but don't do that. So uh, separately from that, the first thing I would say is to maybe start making a list of all of the things that might contribute to this why, to this purpose. So a list of your skills and resources, the things you're good at, the things you are super passionate about, to do that dream day exercise that Amanda described, where you really start to map out, you know, what is the dream day? What's the goal? And really trying to incorporate some sensory details into that. So what do you smell? What do you see? Who are you with? Where are you? So that you can have a real sort of visceral picture of what that is, focusing on how you want to spend your time, because that can really help you determine what products and services are a good fit and which ones are not. (laughs) Even though they are a great idea, they're a great idea for someone else, because it's not how you want to spend your time. And that will really help you start to uncover some of the things that might surprise you about what it is that you actually care about and what you're going to want to do. And if you've already got a business or an Instagram or a Facebook is you can just start testing out some of those things that have come up for you in like your Instagram posts or in a, in a tweet or in a blog post, just start playing with them and see, you know, how people respond to them and trying to like go there a little bit on some of these topics and see what happens. Because I expect what will happen is you'll get a great response from people. They'll engage, they'll, they'll be excited about it. And that can help you shape either your courage to take it the next step further, or to kind of see what resonates with your existing audience, which will help you take, you know, the next steps further in terms of developing, you know, brands or products around those things.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Nicole. This has been so great and juicy. And I think is a lot of, a lot of really thought provoking stuff to think about and how we can make our businesses feel more real and more us by creating a brand. So tell people where they can find
1: you and get in touch all that good stuff. Sure. Yeah, you bet. So you can find me at jnicholesmith.com. And Nicole has an H in it. So it's J-N-I-C-H-O-L-E-S-M-I-T-H. That's also the Instagram where you can find me, Smith, And I'll send a link to Amanda here that she can put in the show notes, which will give you A couple little handy uh, downloads that will allow you to kind of work through some of the stuff we talked about today and at least keep it in front of you so that when you're ready to work on it, you can just follow the process.
0: Cool. Nicole, thank you so much. You're awesome.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You're so awesome. And it's really, really great to be here. I really appreciate the chance to chat with you, Amanda.
0: thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur podcast. If you want to get those goodies and downloads that Nicole was talking about, you can get them at jnicolesmith.com slash wellpreneur. As always, all the links are in the show notes, which are available at wellpruneronline.com. And you can come over and chat with us in our Wellpreneur community group on Facebook. Hope to see you over there. I hope this has been really thought provoking for you and given you a starting point to really deepen your brand and your business as well to tie it in with the work you really want to do in the world. So get out there, do that ideal day exercise and come share with us in the Facebook community about what you've learned. Have a fantastic week and I will see you back here with the next episode.